0: Thank you, Lord. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. Bonnie, there's a scripture in Psalm 71 18 that says, When I'm old and gray-headed, forsake me not, neither leave me until I've shown this generation your strength and everyone to come your power. Psalm 71, 18 and 19. I really sense that this move in uh, Florida is not only going to be a move for a reconnection with family for additional health in this season in your life, but will be a season of impartation to the next generation of family. The strength of God is what brings us through the wilderness. And the power of God is what brings us out of Egypt. And you're going to be imparting to both uh, those who are coming out of wilderness experiences And God, you're going to give them a word that will help sustain them and strengthen them through their wildernesses. But you're also going to have a time of impartation to remind people that the power of God can bring you out of any bondage that's in your life. So to whom much has been given, much is required. And you're going to find a divine pool because you are a patriarch in the family. And because of that, there's been much deposited and the Lord is going to open up a floodgate where you can give much. So don't think that you're just going to retire. You are going to re-fire during this season as the Lord takes you to this new part of your journey, Florida. And so may the Lord bless you and keep you. Georgia. Georgia. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord lift up his face upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord make the light of his countenance, shine upon you and grant you peace in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. (laughs) Lewis and Bonnie used to take us out to lunch on Monday when we were here for a whole week. And uh, Lewis would take me into the inner sanctum of Providence, Rhode Island. <laughs> and so Teresa and I, and, and uh, Lewis and Bonnie, had a chance to do a real bonding in my early days of uh, coming here. And uh, I am married. I am the husband of one wife. I've been married for 48 years. I'm still married. This is only my second time coming to faith, I believe, without, uh, without my wife, Teresa. We've been on a, uh, on a week journey in, a, in, a, uh, in, um, in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, doing ministry there. And I basically came home, changed bags, and came here. And she uh, physically just could not uh, do both. So we were there from last Wednesday all the way until about Tuesday, and then came home, changed, and came here. And, but she sent greetings to everyone. Said, "Tell everyone that she loves you." She asked me, "What are you and John gonna be doing when me and Anita are away?" And I said, "Eating all kind of stuff. Our wives won't let us eat when you're with us." <laughs> and so uh, she sends her greetings and uh, greets you all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's good to be here, at Faith Christian Center. Let me thank the Lord. For this wonderful family and uh, the Pfeffer family has been very gracious to us. And Chris, uh, you and your father have been marvelous hosts this weekend. Let me thank you for hosting our men's ministry. I called him our moderator yesterday and he moderated us through our day. And thank all the men that came yesterday too. What a time we had in Jesus' name. Amen. Open your Bibles today to John chapter seven, John chapter seven. I'm on assignment today on assignment by the Holy Spirit. John chapter seven, John chapter seven. Thank you, Lord. Father, I pray that you'll let the words of my mouth the meditations of my heart be accepted with my sight because you, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Would you take the words that you've given unto me and uh, would you let them flow out of me and touch the lives of people? Father, we thank you that we live sometime in lands that are wet and lush and prosperous and bountiful. But sometime we seem like we're in a dry and weary land. I pray that, Father, you'll rain in this place and turn the rain into a well, turn the well into a flow, turn the flow into a pool and turn the pool into a river and let it flow. Let the river flow in this place. And then out of this place into the community in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. I'm fascinated by the fact that all the way through the Bible, water is mentioned. Water. 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 And in John chapter 7, verse number 1, it says, now after these things, Jesus went to Galilee. For he did not walk in Judea because the Jews sought to kill him. Now the Feast of Tabernacles was at hand. Verse 37, same chapter. Um, 37, it says, Now on the last great day of the feast, this is the Feast of Tabernacles, on the last great day of the feast, it says, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes, as the scripture has said out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this he spoke concerning the spirit who those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. The word of the Lord. John chapter 7 verse 1 and 737 mentions the fact that the season was the seasons of tabernacles. And it was during this season that Jesus got in a lot of trouble. And after his declaration in the temple, they sought to kill him at this time. It's interesting that he likens the Holy Spirit to a river of living water flowing out of our innermost being. Modern translations say heart. Other translations say being But it comes out of the center of who we are. Water. It's kind of interesting that when we first see the spirit of God. In the book of Genesis. He's moving upon the face of the deep. Water. 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 When we locate the Garden of Eden in Genesis chapter 2. We find out that Genesis mentions the rivers that flow out of the Garden of Eden. Water. 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 When man falls and gets so corrupted that he is now doing everything that his imagination can cause him to do. God breaks up the deep water, water, water. And then he mentions for the, at that time, the earth had been watered, water, watered by a mist. And then he has it rain and it floods the earth, water, water. Water. When we read the gospel of John, John is fascinated with water, water, water. John chapter one, John, the Baptist is preparing the way of the Lord and he's baptizing people in water, water, water. His message is repent for the kingdom of God is at hand and come and be baptized. And I indeed baptize you in water, water. Water, but there's one coming mightier than I who will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Water, water, water. John chapter two, Jesus goes to a wedding in Cana and they run out of wine. And Jesus said, go fill some water pots with water. Water, water, they go fill them. And Jesus says, now go show it to the chief of the banquet and when he chased it he finds out it's the best wine he then says where did this wine come from where did it come from and said usually people bring out the best wine first and then after people are pretty well drunk and then they bring out the ripple the thunderbird and the md double (laughs) 20 i take some liberty with the text (laughs) but the wine was made out i can't believe i said thunderbird up here faith christian center (laughs) <laughs> but, 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 but the water was made, but the, but the wine was made out of water. Water. Water, John chapter 3. Jesus said you must be born of the Spirit and of the water. Water. Water, John chapter 4. Jesus meets a woman at a well and she comes to draw Water. Water And Jesus said, listen, if you'll drink of the water that I have, he said, out of your belly, there will be a well of living water, water flowing unto everlasting life. The woman then drops her water pot, becomes a water pot and goes out and spills all over the community and tells all of the men, come see the man that I've met that has told me everything. I've seen one guy probably stops her and say, girl, you've had five men and the man that you have now is not your man. She said, oh, that's six. That's the number of flesh. But now I've met the seventh man. I've met the perfect man. And he's told me everything that I did. And all this conversation happened around water. Water. Water, John chapter five. Uh, Jesus goes walking past a pool called Bethesda. That's full of water. Water, water. And once a year, your King James Version says an angel would come down and dip his wing in the water. Water and whoever slipped in first would be healed. Now, some of your modern translations will skip that verse and it'll go from one verse three to verse number five. And it'll skip about the angels. But we believe in angels. And so I kind of leave it in there. So you might want to check your Bible to make sure all the stuff is in there. But they were laying by a pool of water. 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 Jesus steps over all those sick people, finds one man. God wants to heal. He heals that man. And that man comes and he's made whole. And it's all happening around a pool full of water. 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 John chapter 6, Jesus has done ministry. And he's done so much ministry all day long. He sends his disciples away. And then he gets in a boat. And all of a sudden, listen, uh, he comes walking on water. 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 And he's walking on top of the stuff we're struggling with. Because he's always on top of the situation. But it was water. Water water. Now it's the Feast of Tabernacles time. Jesus in the beginning of this chapter, people know that men three times a year were supposed to go up To worship God, Deuteronomy 16, 16 says, three times a year shall all the males appear in Jerusalem at the Feast of Unleavened Bread, at the Feast of Week, and at the Feast of Booze or the Feast of Tabernacles. They were supposed to come up. They weren't supposed to come up. Deuteronomy uh, 16, 16 says, empty-handed, but every man was to bring an offering as he was blessed by the Lord. This is voluntary, looking at the blessing of the Lord and responding to the blessing of the Lord with an offering three times a year. The Feast of Tabernacles coming. People are telling Jesus, hey, listen, nobody stands in the background. If you want to be known, get up to the feast and then you announce yourself. Jesus said, my time is not yet. Y'all going up to the feast. He said, my time is not yet. And he delays his coming. Feast of Tabernacles. Feast of Tabernacles was the third feast in the Jewish Calendar And listen, Jesus was, cross, uh, was, was crucified on Passover. This year is strange because uh, this year, Passover was on, the beginning of Passover was on the evening of what we call Good Fart Friday this year. Today is the beginning. Tonight will be the beginning of the Feast of Booze. Tonight will be the beginning of the Feast of Booze. The Feast of Tabernacles. Seven days Jewish people have a booth built outside their house. Today. 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 And it's interesting that last week was Yom Kippur. Day of Atonement. If you felt like you needed to get rid of some stuff. These are not just just Jewish holidays, but they're sacred seasons of God. He was eliminating stuff from our life. A few weeks ago, it was the Feast of Trumpets. And this is the Feast of Tabernacles. Christ was crucified on on, on Passover. Listen, the Holy Ghost was sent on Pentecost. And many of us believe that he will come back on Tabernacles. Now listen, I'm not giving you predictions that he's coming back this week. In fact, I still think we'll be here next Sunday. Because the bride is not without spot. And not without wrinkle. Or any such thing right now. Look at your neighbor and tell them. We still got some work to do. Okay. Use your outdoor voice. Not your indoor voice. Tell them. Hey we still got some work to do. Okay that's better. That's better. That's better. Yeah we still got some work to do. But the, in, in the Revelation chapter 22. When Jesus comes. It says the tabernacle of God. Is with man. And so many believe that at the last trump, the tabernacle of God is going to descend and it's going to be with men. We believe that he will return and come again on tabernacles. Now, it's kind of interesting in Hebrews chapter nine, tabernacles time and verse number 24. It says that Christ has entered once into the holy place made with uh, not made with hands. It says uh, Jesus Christ or Christ has not entered into the holy place made with hands. It says which is a figure of the true, but into heaven itself now to appear in the presence of the Lord for us. It says now yet that he should offer himself often for the high priest entering into the holy place every year uh, for uh, he says with blood for others. It says, and then must he have offered himself and suffer from the foundation of the world. But now once at the end of the world, He has appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself, not bulls, not goats, not sheep. Verse 27, Hebrews 9 says, as it is appointed unto every man to die once and after that, the judgment. So Christ once offered to bear the sins of many and unto them that look for him, he will appear the second time. It says without sin unto salvation. This verse, verse Hebrews 9 24 through 28 gives the three appearances of christ he appeared he disappeared and then he reappears it's a picture of the enactment of the ministry of jesus christ here it says he appeared once to take away sin and that was the power of the cross he bore the sins of many to redeem us he was wounded for our transgressions i was guilty and he took my guilt He was bruised for my iniquity. Any family streams that came along. He was bruised for my iniquities. The chastisement of my peace was upon him. I was out of my mind. One of the rabbis say, sin is temporary insanity. Because it is a mind separated from the mind of your creator. That's insane. And by his stripes, we are healed. He appeared once to take away sin. Then he rose on the third day. Somebody should shout. Amen. Because he died, but he didn't stay dead. We were dead in sin as untrust but then he rose. He showed himself for 40 days with many infallible proofs. And then he ascended on high and he disappeared from the earth And he now says the text in Hebrews 9 appears before God for us. Another text will say he ever lives to make intercession for us. He's disappeared into heaven for us. He's gone, but he's here because he left his ghost here called the Holy Ghost. The only legitimate ghost in the earth. And the Holy Spirit is here to be the spirit of Christ in his physical absence. Then it said, for those that look for him, I believe that this is a church that's looking for the coming of the Lord. Every time we take our communion table, we say, we do this in remembrance of you till you come again. He will reappear for those who look for him in the Feast of Tabernacles. A priest would sacrifice the lamb in public. He would then disappear into the most holy place and put the blood on the altar. And then he would reappear to let people know that their sins were atoned for. He appeared. He disappeared. And then he reappears. I think it's important for us to know that during this year, Rosh Hashanah, of the Feast of Tabernacles, that God is demanding some things from us. And he's not just demanding it from men, because in Christ, there is no male or female, bond or free, Jew nor Gentile, barbarian or Scythian, but all are one in Christ. This is a prophetic time, because Tabernacles is a time where we recognize that the dwelling of God is with us. The dwelling of God is with us. Leviticus chapter 23 and verse 40, 42 says it like this. He says, you shall dwell in booths for seven days. That's a whole week. It says, all of the natives of, of Israel shall dwell in booths. Those were little houses that were built outside of their house. That your generations may know that I made the children of Israel dwell in booths when, they, when I brought them out of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. The Feast of Tabernacles announces as saints of God that that, that God is not only at the church building and at the temple and at the synagogue and at the tabernacle, but God is also at your house. And it's important because in the Western world, we have relegated God to sacred spaces and not public spaces and not marketplace and not domestic space. In the Feast of Tabernacle, the worshiper as well as the priest had to do some work. Look at your neighbor. Just hunch them a little bit and just tell them you're going to have to do some work during this season. Okay, use your outdoor voice because they didn't hear you. Okay, hunch them and tell them you got to do some work during this season. Yeah, you got to build a booth and let folks know God is here Amen. as well as in, he is here as well as in Uh, the church building, the tabernacle, or that. So point number one, these seasons demand and commanded by the Lord that we come into this space, that we are to come into this space of Passover, unleavened bread, feast of weeks, and unleavened bread and booze. It's a prophetic time. That is very practical because now it's time for this church to announce that God is not only a faith Christian center property, But wherever we go, when we flow out of this building, God is there also. And the same thing that's happening in the sanctuary is going to be happening in my domestic space. Now, that becomes challenging because we pay staff to do the work of the ministry. But at Tabernacles, you're going to have to do the work of the ministry. You get a chance to go home. And when your neighbor has a need, you don't call the church. You go over and pray for them. When your neighbor has a need for something physical, you do what you can for your neighbor. At the Feast of Tabernacles, you say that light is not only over there at the building, at the tabernacle, at the temple, but light is also in this community. What a market strategy plan. Because when the the Lord's presence is all over the place, then people get a, a chance to experience God all over the place. We have public schools in Columbus, Ohio. Columbus, Ohio has the biggest public school or the largest public school system in the state of Ohio. Many of you know that there's been hostility between sometimes public education and also private education, parochial education, Christian education. And there's also been a hostility to letting religious groups into public education. Sometimes God lets things get so bad and let them get so much in turmoil that they have to call on some sacred folk. Amen. And over the last two weeks, as we've approached Tabernacles, two of the leaders in our church, one directs the Afrocentric school, which is a, which is a college preparatory school with an Afrocentric uh, 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 bent to it. And they go from uh, pre-K uh, all the way up to high school. The director is now a member of my church. And before school started, she said, Apostle, I need you to come to the school and we're going to prayer walk this, this campus. I said, praise God. We went there. We began to prayer walk that campus. And she said, I don't quite know how to do that. I said, just tell me what the areas are. We'll stop. We'll pray. And I said, and ask the Holy Spirit what he wants to do here. They are right now to date, I must report. Experiencing one of the best years that they've ever had. Because you see, wherever you go, you take God with you. If you'll let the river flow out of you. If you you have a river in you. And if you'll let it flow out of you. Down the street from our church building, a school called Kip Academy has now bought a golf course. They started off with elementary, then they went preschool, and then they have built out now a middle school and a high school. The academic dean of the high school is a member of our church. She said, Apostle, school is getting ready to start. She said, I want you to come and walk the prayer campus or the campus of our high school with the principal and with myself. I got to the door. She said. I really don't know how to do that. I said, let's just walk through. Y'all tell me significant spots. We're going to stop and pray and ask the Holy Spirit. What do you want to do here this year? And we welcome the Holy Spirit. See, in Luke chapter 10, Jesus appointed 70 people. And he said, I'm sending you out to places I want to go. 35 cities. Jesus had a, had a, had a, had a targeted. He said, I'm sending you two by two to those places where I'm going to come. And then he makes this statement. Wherever you go, I'm going to come. He has not retracted that mandate. Wherever you go, he will come. So also, wherever you don't go, he can't come. Because we carry him into spaces. And... They invited me and I began at the front door. They said, when the kids get off the bus, they come to this space. We stopped and prayed. This is a cafeteria. We stopped and prayed. They told me those are where the main restrooms are. I stopped and prayed. And I said, and I rebuked vaping and illegal drug use. They said, we don't even smoke in this school. They said, how'd you know that we catch kids vaping? I said, Holy Ghost knows. (laughs) I went to another area that's academic area. I rebuked the spirit of ignorance I rebuked the spirit of bullying. They said, how'd you know that? I said, the Holy Ghost knows. And we just prayer walked and prayed. By the time we got to the administrative office, the principal said, come on in my office. <laughs> because it's tabernacles time. Amen. And we need to let the, fr- he said, I'm getting ready to have a staff meeting and we're going to have an academic general assembly with all the student body. And we need to make sure that these students get it. I prayed in his office, prayed for his staff. And when they text me back, they said, this was the best day that we've had all year long in this school. And Alicia Martin, the academic dean, what she said to me, was, she said, I wonder why he gave me an emoji with an eye going like this, winking. Because where we go, he will come. The good news was I wasn't the first one that prayed there. Alicia's mother is one of our intercessors. And every year, wherever Alicia is taught, she comes and she anoints her desk. And she puts all this oil in her hands. I don't know why older mothers do that in the church. And she puts it on that desk. And she said, whenever my students come in and they see that oily handprint, they say, your mother's been here, hasn't she? Some of us need to not only have oil in the sanctuary, but we need to start carrying some oil out into the marketplace. You don't like the atmosphere in your marketplace space? Take some oil in there. You don't like the atmosphere in the public space? Take some oil there. You don't like the atmosphere in your domestic space? Take some oil there. You got a, a, a rebellious child. Take some oil there. I have a mother that told me her son was starting to act out. His dad had left him. He was angry and he was just angry and acting out now. And she said, what should I do? I said, anoint him with oil. She said, well, wonder if he don't let me. I said, catch him in his sleep. I said, put some oil on your hands, go in there. I said, anoint his pillowcases, sheets, everything before he gets in that bed. I said, anoint that door, dismiss a spirit of rebelliousness out of your house right there. And then I said, and then when he sleep, put some oil on that hand and slap it on his head. Cause it's tabernacles time. And we don't need no unclean rebellious spirits up in our homes. Because wherever we come, he comes. Wherever he comes, the river will flow. And I'm telling you, let the river flow. The river in the presence of the Holy Spirit needs to be in the temple. Uh, that's a feeling. It needs to be in the community. And it needs to be in our homes. One of the challenges that the public has with the church right now is we act different in this space than we do in our domestic space. And there should be a consistency in our behavior. If I can lift my hands in the sanctuary space, I should at some time be lifting my hands in domestic space. If I can play music and sing music that is sacred music in sacred space, I ought to have some sacred music coming out of my house in domestic space. I was on an airplane, had my my headset on, my earpiece plugged into my phone, listening to sacred music. I went old school. I was listening to Edwin Hawkins saying, thank you Lord for all you've done for me. It's an old school song. Well, unbeknownst to me, my headphone was plugged in, but for some reason it was malfunctioning and the music was coming out of my phone. And so I didn't know it, but I was serenading the whole plane. And I'm, 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 I'm sitting there listening, thinking I'm listening to the headphone. And, and, and the flight attendant comes and just stands there. Well, I know he's standing there, but I'm into my praise, you know. <laughs> Thank you, Lord, for all you've done for me. Yeah. Okay, we ain't going to do that. Okay. <laughs> and he taps me on the shoulder. And he says, everybody can hear you. And I took my earphones out, and I said, what? He said, now I can hear my phone. I said, oh, my God. So he said, can you turn that off? I turned it off. He said, thank you, Lord. (laughs) And and what I found out was that I worship God anywhere. On a plane, in my car, in my house, because where he is, listen, the river needs the flow. You see, the last day of this feast in John chapter seven and verse number 37, it says, on the last great day of the feast, it says, Jesus stood up and he cried out saying, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and let him drink. And he said, and out of his belly shall flow living water. On the last great day of the feast, after they had done all of these feasts, sounding of the trumpets, Yom Kippur, they had done the day of atonement. The priest in that day would actually... Take an empty pitcher of water. They would start a processional from the temple to one of the pools in the city. The people would follow them out. And while they were going out, they would be quoting Isaiah. With joy, we draw water from the wells of salvation. And they would draw water out of that pool. And then they would turn around and come back to the temple. And when they got back to the temple, they would pour that water out in the temple because they wanted to remind people of first Corinthians chapter 10, where it says, listen, they, all of them that came out with Moses were baptized under the cloud and in the sea, water, water, water. And it said, and they ate of that spiritual meat, the manna, and they drank of that spiritual drink. And that rock that followed them was Christ. And they wanted to be reminded how God provided them shelter and food and drink in the wilderness when they poured out that water. And when they were getting ready to pour it out, all of a sudden Jesus said, Hey, is anybody thirsty? Let them come unto me and drink and out of their belly shall flow rivers of living water. Understand the significance of this as I close this piece, because Listen, most of the Bible was written in arid desert places, places where there was no water. Even the psalmist said, my soul yearns for thee and my heart thirsts for thee in a dry and weary land where there is no water. Isn't it interesting that Jesus said, he that hungers and thirsts for righteousness sake, shall be filled. Isn't it interesting that they were in Egypt, which is a desert place. They came through the wilderness, which is a dry and desert place. If not for the Jordan River flowing through Israel, it would be a dry and desert place. Listen, they came from air place and they knew the value of water. What does water do as I close? Water refreshes us, first of all. You can drink Gatorade and fruit drinks and, 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 and sports drinks and all of that. But when you want to get hydrated, listen, water is one of the best substances that you can drink to refresh yourself. If you feel kind of dry and, and, and dead and shriveled all up in your spirit, look at your neighbor say, drink a little water. And then look at them and tell them, take another drink. Oh, yeah, yeah. Some of y'all know what that means. I mean, take another, get refreshed again. Water brings refreshing to us. I remember I was in Seattle, Washington one time and, and then went on to Denver, Colorado, to my house city. And when I got to Denver, I was getting a little woozy because it's so high. And I told Bishop Porter, I said, man, I said, he said, how are you doing? And I said, I'm feeling a little woozy. He said, oh, he said, we're in the my house city. He said, drink a bunch of water. It's H2O. He said, oxygen is thin here, but when you drink that water, it replenishes the oxygen and you'll get rid of all that nausea. I started drinking that water and man, I found that that water strengthened me for the task. Yeah. And man, listen, you need to have water to be strengthened for your task. And now he refreshes you and now he stretches you for the task. But listen, water, when it comes into our life, water is also used on the outside to cleanse us. When water comes, when you're dirty, man, you get into some nice water. I've been several countries in the world, and they don't even have hot water like we have here. It's been cold water, but I knew I've been preaching and dirty and sweating, and I had to step into that. You know, first it was the toe, and then it was the leg, you know, because that water was cold. And then I kind of wetted myself down, and then got up under it, and I said, okay. It's a little bit different, because when you get into a cold water pool, you just take the plunge. But in a shower, you got to kind of eat Well, I do first person got to kind of ease into it, but it washes you and cleanses you and we need water for washing and cleansing. But water also helps stuff to grow. And I close with this and Ray, You can come now because water will help you to grow and friends. It will help not only grow you, but it'll grow stuff around you when there's rainy season. You find out there's all kind of stuff in the soil that you didn't know was there. Because when it starts raining, I'll tell you what, man, stuff that's in the soil, seeds that have been sown a long time ago, begin to come up. There's a little scripture that says, cast your bread upon the water and in many days it shall return to you. Oh man, do you know that part of what happens in the Middle East is sometimes they'll put seed in the streams of water, in a stream and in a river. And that sea, when it overflows its banks, the sea will go and land in some fields, some places. And you know what? When a wanderer came through and they needed food, they'll find an ear of corn or stock of corn coming up over here because they found out some water had come. And I'm not telling you to just take a letter, another drink. I'm telling you to listen, let the river flow. They'll find out there's some tomatoes over here because somebody put some tomato seeds on there and it flowed out into a field and it took root downward and then came upward. And they find some things growing where they should not grow because somebody cast their bread upon the water, cast their seed upon the water. And in many days it was returning to them. You have a river inside of you. And God does not only want the river flowing in sanctuary space, there's a wonderful picture in Ezekiel chapter 47 we're going to look at tonight because it shows water flowing out the temple. It says it was in the temple, but that's not the best picture. And friends, God wants it to flow out of us. I've gone into public spaces and spoken over these last couple of years on various issues in our community. You know what? Those public officials have come to my office. And one of the things they've come for is they said, I didn't come to talk politics or public policy. They said, I can see that, you know, God, they said, I came for you to pray for me. I don't give public endorsements. That's not my job as a faith leader in our community. But I'll tell you what, I am called upon to pray for all of the officials in our community. And I love it when I don't have to chase them; and they come to me. Because they recognize the city's in trouble. And we with all of our education, all of our public policy, all of our party platforms have not been able to save these public uh, communities. We need God. And friends, if you'll let the water flow when these opportunities come, it's amazing what God will do. This city needs you. This region needs you. But they don't just need you inside the church building. I'm a pastor. I lead a congregation. I'm not telling you not to come to the house of the Lord. What I'm telling you is coming to the house of the Lord is not enough. Could it be that God strategically planted you in that corporation so that you can let the river flow in that space? You think it's bad now? Think about what it would be if you weren't a guardian holding back evil because you're on assignment Father I pray right now for this church and every member of this church and whether we're a blue collar worker whether we're a white collar worker you've called us to let the water flow let the river flow Father I praise you today because you said I will pour out water on him that is thirsty and floods on the dry ground I will pour out my spirit upon the descendants and my blessing upon your offspring. Father, your word is said out of our bellies shall flow rivers of living water. Thank you for the Jordan River that flows through Israel that makes everything fruitful. But now, Father, I'm calling upon a river to flow out of us this day in Jesus' name. And Father, if there's anyone in this sanctuary who has not yet been baptized with the Holy Ghost, I pray that over this day, you'll baptize them with the Spirit because now they've gotten thirsty. Father, because our faith is not just rituals and repetitious uh, worship, but it is life in the Spirit. And I pray for the baptism with the Holy Spirit, with the members of this church who have not yet received Him in that dimension work in us do a work to us and do a work through us in jesus name now holy spirit we welcome you we welcome you while you're still in that prayer mode i don't know who's here whether you're young or whether you're old but if you have not received jesus as lord of your life jesus is the baptizer with the holy spirit but he's also our lord and our savior And if you have not yet received Christ, I want you to know that Jesus is the way, he is the truth, he is the life. And whether you're in person or virtual, he can save you today. He can rescue you from any dilemma that you find yourself in. I don't care how bad it looks, Jesus can save you. If you're here and you know you need a change in your life, I don't have to call it out. You know the change that you need, but if you know that you need a change in your life and you would say, preacher pray for me, raise your hand anywhere in this sanctuary. Anybody that knows I need a change in my life, anyone in the balcony, anybody in the back, I see your hand, I see your hand. No, I need a change. Anybody else? No, I've seen three hands. I see another hand. That's four. I see another hand. That's five. Good, good. Anybody else? No, I need a change in my life. I see your hand, my friend. Amen in Jesus' name. Good, good. Is there anybody that's in the sanctuary will say, I used to walk with Jesus and the river used to flow through my life, but then I quit. I dropped out. I backed up. I got on a detour. Now I want to come back. Raise your hand this morning. Anybody that needs to be reconnected. I see those hands in the back. Yeah, this is your reconnection moment. Amen. You're reconnecting right now. Is there anybody here who has not yet been filled and baptized with the Holy Spirit? And you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I see one hand. Anybody else? Anybody else need to be baptized? I see a hand in the back right there. Good. Because that's where the river begins to flow. Is there anybody who needs to connect with faith Christian center? And you need that connection or relationship, whether you're virtual or inside this church and you want to connect. Uh, if you need to connect to this church, just raise your hand because all of us need a place where we can gather to keep the water stirred up, keep them stirred up, living waters. Anybody need to connect with those who had their hands raised? Would you pray this prayer after me? God in heaven, today I come to you. I believe with all my heart that Jesus is Lord. He was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised For my iniquities, the chastisement of my peace was upon him. By his stripes, I am healed. Lord Jesus, come into my life, rule my life, rule my spirit, my soul, my body, my family life, my social life, my economic life. I renounce the past everything Satan has done in my life I'm finished with it now Jesus you are my Lord my Savior my baptizer with the Holy Spirit my closest friend from this moment forward I will live for you live big in me Jesus my life will never be the same thank you Lord Now, those that had their hands raised, just stand up at your seat. Just stand up right there at your seat. Those that had your hands raised, just stand up right where you are. Just stand up, stand up, stand up. Those that had your hand raised, just stand up, stand up. Thank you, Lord. Stand up. Pastor John is getting ready to come and he's going to give you instruction. But I want to pray for you. And and I think that it's important that, 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 that you understand there are second steps that you need to take. We need to go on and be uh, baptized in water. We need to go on and be baptized with the Holy Spirit. We need to go on and be filled uh, and connect with the church. But I want to pray for you because this is a bold step. One of the boldest steps anyone can make is a step that says, I'm turning my life over to you, Jesus. Father, I pray for these that are standing, both men and women. I pray that you'll meet them at their most earnest hearts desire. Let all things pass away. Let all things become new. And let them be a new creation in Christ Jesus. Holy Spirit, come. Bear witness with their spirit that the past is the past and that a new day has come. And then let out of their belly flow a river of living water. In Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for it. Now, Father, some of them are sitting with someone that brought them today. Let there be follow-up and let the river flow. And Father, let their lives never be the same in Jesus' name. And if you prayed that prayer and if you raised your hand virtually or in person, we celebrate you and say welcome to the kingdom of God and to the body of Christ. Amen in Jesus' name. Come join us tonight and we'll finish this uh, this time together. Amen. That are standing or... St-